Welcome to the Sunset Community Church podcast. You're listening to sermon audio from our Sunday morning services. For more information about Sunset Community Church, visit us online at sunsetcommunity.church. All right, so I am going to read the verse for today. So we are in Mark chapter 3. And we're going to start at verse 20. And if you have your pew Bibles in front of you, that's page 860. Then Jesus entered a house, and again a crowd gathered, so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. When his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him, for they said, he is out of his mind. And the teachers of the law who came down from Jerusalem said, He is possessed by Beelzebul, by the prince of demons. He is driving out demons. So Jesus called them over to him and began to speak to them in parables. How can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan opposes himself and is divided, he cannot stand. His end has come. In fact, no one can enter a strong man's house without first tying him up. Then he can plunder the strong man's house. Truly, I tell you, people can be forgiven all their sins and every slander they utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. They are guilty of an eternal sin. He said this because they were saying he has an impure spirit. Then Jesus, oh, that's it. Sorry. (laughs) I was going to keep on going. How we doing this morning, church? We doing good? Are we blessed this morning? Uh, Are we blessed and highly favored? By a God who does it all. I tell you, those songs and those passages that uh, Aaron was kind of like pressing through, pressing us through, I mean, we can end with that because that was some, that was some meat of a word right there, <laughs> you know. And those songs, is, 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 it just truly reminds us who our God is. And I don't know about y'all, but I just love music and different things like that. So to be able to sing songs and, and, and worship it just puts me in a different place. That's why usually before I do this, I like to do a song, but I didn't this week just because, uh, you know, my voice, as you hear, as I've been wrestling this week, right, been wrestling this week, and, and, and um, you know, Wednesday came, and, uh, you know, I just felt this sickness just begin to hit me as we were preparing to go to, uh, uh, you know, we meet for youth ministry every Wednesday. And, you know, Kenza was out already, and I was just like, Lord. So I just continued just to press and, and, and you know, say, okay, Lord, I'm going to just continue to move and just trust you because we got to continue this work that needs to be done. Um, but in this moment of us uh, arriving and, and, and going throughout our day, it was a true blessing to see uh, some of the family members came because they came and uh, brought us some pizza and, and, and some, um, some salad. Right. But then at the end, they threw the churros in and, you know, that was kind of like, oh, wow. Yeah. And they gave us dessert. It it was on. It was on. Right. So, you know, uh, you know, we just pressed in as we were wrapping up this series uh, talking about royalty. Right. That on how we are 
from a royal, royal family, right? We are royal priesthood. That's what Peter said, right? And as we were closing, we was closing with the passage um, um, about how, how God has called us to be ambassadors, right? How God has called us to be ambassadors. And we went through that. And, and, and you know, it was, it was probably 15 kids stood up at the end of the night and said, you know what? I don't want to represent the ways of this world, right? Because we was talking about citizenship, right? But that they want to represent God through life. 15 kids, you know, and we talked about that. Okay, yeah, you got to say that every day, of course, right? Yeah. But that stands, even in our icebreaker, we, we started off like, what was the greatest moment of your life thus far, right? And I talked about at the end, like, I thought it was me graduating from high school. But when I gave my life to Christ, I was like, oh, yes, this is it. Right. So that was a moment for them. And then Thursday I got home and I was done. Like, you know, it just kind of smacked me. That sickness hit me hard. And I just had to, I stayed home from work. And, and, and you know, I'm thinking about the house and, and, and different things like that. We got some cabinets from from um, different family members in the um, house. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and so I'm thinking how we finna navigate that. And got an email from another family member in the house. Yes, this is about family right now, right, right, right. How the family is just coming up and just saying, hey, um, I have an expertise. I have something that I'm very good at in doing, and I want to do that and give that to the house. But it's not about the house. I want to give that to the glory of God, right? And, you know, they came in. They said, man, I got this, man. I'm going to go ahead and rearrange and do this and do that. And they're like, what you want to (laughs) do? Let's do what you said do. You're the expert, right? You're the expert. You know, so, uh, you know, through that, I'm learning what does it mean to be part of a family, right? I'm learning that. I, I thought I knew that. I thought I knew that. But I'm learning even in my relationship with God. Sometimes I walk around and say that I know God, but I really don't know God. I'm learning God. I'm learning about God. He's continuously revealing himself layers and layers like an onion peeling back. But it's just continuously moving. Right? And we finna get to this message, you guys. You know? But, but I'm, 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 I'm recognizing if, if, if I can stay humble, and this is what this, these, uh, um, um, the book of Mark has been teaching me these last three weeks. I find myself in a place of, again, thinking that I knew God, but I really don't because Andrew's been smacking me in the face and the Holy Spirit has been smacking me through Andrew. Amen. How many of y'all like to get smacked by the word? Raise your hand. All y'all better raise y'all hand this morning. And if you don't, you need to get smacked by the word. Because the psalmist says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen? It's a good smack. So, yeah, I'm telling y'all, y'all better be getting smacked by the word. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's real, right? But I've been challenged by going through this place, um, this book of Mark, right? Because I find myself um, in the place of sometimes I find myself as one in the crowd. Sometimes I find myself as a disciple. But the one ouch was, man, sometimes I find myself as a religious Man, and that has been, oh, Lord. But what that is, is showing me, again, I thought I had God figured out. And that's what religion is when God calls us to a relationship. 
So we're going to continue in the book of Mark as my beautiful wife just read the passage. It's a lot in here, so I got to keep moving, right? But Andrew has been answering uh, three questions as we've been pressing through this, right? The first one is, let's read that all together, y'all. Who is Jesus, right? I want to make sure y'all still walk on me because I don't want to rock y'all to sleep. And the second one is, "Mm, how do we or how do I, right, follow him today, right? Because it is an I and we, amen. And the third one is, amen. So that's where we're going to continue on this week. And before we move forward, let us say a word of prayer, because Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I just thank you for this day, Lord. This time, Lord, that you have um, allowed, but even so chosen me to bring forth the word today. As broken as I am, Lord, you choose to use us people, your people, And Father, I pray, Lord, that I can decrease so that you may increase. Holy Spirit, have your way. You are welcome in this place. You are welcome in this temple, Lord. So rule like you do. And let us get an understanding. Because that's what your word says. That we may live according to your ways and glorify you, our King, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Verse 20, it says, Then Jesus entered a house, and again a crowd gathered, so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. Andrew talked last week on how the disciples had to go to the mountaintop to uh, get away from the crowd. But in the mountaintop, what happened was he called his 12 disciples right? He called the 12 apostles and gave them, appointed them to a mission. And then he came down the hill and he enters this house. He enters the city, back to the city from the mountain. While we are not sure who house it is, some say that it may be Peter and Andrews, but we're not for sure of that. But one thing we are for sure of is that the crowd gathered Again, man, Jesus is doing his thing. That's what we say where I'm from, but his thing. Jesus is moving forward. Jesus is gaining momentum. But he is gaining momentum in an upside-down way, truthfully. Because he's gaining momentum by serving the people. Catch that. Serving the people. To where he's serving the people that um, they're coming so fast and so quick in a hurry that he said he can't even, there wasn't even no time for him to eat. But he was doing the Father's will. But not only he didn't eat, it also says that his disciples did not eat either. Because they were with him. They were following him. They were doing what he was doing. Amen? Amen. So the crowd gathered. The kingdom is gathering, uh, um, gaining momentum. 
Hallelujah. But some don't like what Jesus is doing, right? Some don't like what's happening. I find it interesting on who those people are, which we will see in verse 21 and 22. One of them was his family, and the other one was scribes, religious leaders. Let's take a look. When his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him, for they said he is out of his mind. Who? God is out of his mind. And in this term, what it means is he's actually um, 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 being connected to being a lunatic. The God of creation who they cannot see, though. And they wanted to take charge of him, to take charge of him, to put a stop to him. His own family wanted to stop him from doing what he was doing. And later on, when Jesus was arrested, this is the same Greek word they used when he was arrested. So just catch that. And we know what happened when he was arrested. He, he, he died on a cross, but he got up. Amen. So let me make sure I say that, too. Right. With all power. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Can we say hallelujah to that? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But here we see how carnal thinking can get them nowhere, can get us nowhere, can get you nowhere. When we're thinking in our carnal state, in our flesh, it gets us nowhere when we're trying to walk with the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of God, when we're trying to follow Jesus. Carnal thinking that his family members had. They were being an enemy to God because of their unbelief. John 7, 5 says, for even his brothers did not believe in him. So I can understand why they're doing what they're doing. Because they didn't believe in him. This is where I had to pause and ask God, where am I thinking carnal to do your heavenly will? Or where am I trying to bring you down to my own will, to my own ways? Because we know that the Bible says his thoughts are not our thoughts. His thoughts are not our ways. And I'm asking God, and in my acts, I say, Lord, forgive me. See, I find myself all through Scripture. And I'm hoping you allow it to smack you, too. Because <laughs> I believe I'm not the only one. I'm learning to change my words of knowing God to learning God. Because when I think I have them figured out, I end up leaning on my own will. They called one who is doing good a lunatic, someone who has gone crazy. See, when you're following the ways of the world, everything is good, so say, in your life. But when you begin to disrupt the ways of the world, many people may call you a lunatic because they call 
Jesus won. Verse 23. 22, should I say. Another different group of people. It says, and the teachers of the law who came down from Jerusalem said he is possessed by Beelzebub, by the prince of demons. He is driving out demons. The teachers of the law, the scribes from Jerusalem, which is where the temple dwell, which is probably the cream of the crop teachers. These are the people that's probably working in, 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 in these theological colleges and different things who's teaching other pastors and different things like that up there and probably even so higher than that because um, the thing about the children of Israel, like they took time. Aaron noted this a couple weeks in our meeting on how um, 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 they took time to memorize scripture and they can quote a whole book. These were these people. Oh, God, have mercy on us. These are these people to where they called him Beelzebub. In verse 23, Jesus really gives us, which we're going to get there in a minute, he really gives us an idea of who is Beelzebub. Maybe it's some kind of idol. But what Jesus said, um, Beelzebub, is Satan. See, we may think that all these other uh, religions and, 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 and idols that we have is, 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 is Buddha or, 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 or anything else, but really you know who it is. It's Satan. And Jesus is making that clear in verse 23, right? So while they couldn't thwart the work of God, they couldn't say that the work wasn't happening so what they tried to do was say that the work was of the devil because it was clear. See, Mark don't really allude to all what was going on here. But if we turn to Matthew, it says that Jesus was there at this house casting out demons, healing sick folks, freeing the people, living out Isaiah 61. I came to set the captives free. He was doing his thing. He was about the father's business. And they called it the work of Satan. Be careful. Be careful. Because things don't look like the way we want them to look like. We may call it something else. I mean, I work with these youth nowadays. And I'm constantly being tossed back and forth with these kids because I want them to, to bend to my own ways. And some of the stuff they may need to bend to, but God could be raising up a new group of people. I mean, these, these young, young youth nowadays, they're activists out here acting, bringing change to neighborhoods. They remind me of the 12 disciples because the 12 disciples was 16 too, 15 too. Right? Not perfect. They need to be discipled. And I'm kind of going off a little bit, but Holy Spirit, use it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's for my youth. Do your thing. But remember who you got to be ambassador for, not you. 
Jesus sent you on his mission. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. Verses 23 and 24. It says, so Jesus called them over to him and began to speak to them in parables. How can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, then the kingdom cannot stand. That kingdom cannot stand. Excuse me. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. Logic. If you agree, nod your head. If you don't, nod your head yes. (laughs) Or just think about it. (laughs) Amen. He says, in fact, no one can enter a strong man's house without first tying him up. Then he can plunder the strong man's house. What we see here, a large crowd, a crowd of people. His family is not there, which we're going to see that a little later in the text. But there's a crowd of people. The religious folks is there, though. A bunch of them. Maybe. (laughs) The text didn't say how many came. (laughs) But they came down from Jerusalem. Right. And it says that Jesus called them over to him. When I seen that, I said, wow, like, hold on, Lord. It's a crowd of people. It's kind of like if we're all in here and I'm over here in a corner and then I say, I called them over. Come over to me over here. And some of y'all start to get up and come closer. What is that telling me? That tells me that he called them over and those who have an ear to hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying, they came. They came over to him. And then he began to speak in parables, right? Parables. Why? Because it was maybe because he wanted to keep some of the secrets of the kingdom of God away from some folks. That's why they use parables. That's why he used parables. But he started off with with the question, like I said, ponder on it. How can Satan drive out Satan? That is foolish. That is foolish. Why would Satan be casting out Satan? And then he hits him with even more logical with a more logical explanation in verse 24 and 25. How can a house, how can a kingdom be divided? Then Jesus shifts into the parables in verse 27 that the strong man's house has been invaded. Hoping that someone can catch this because what he's um, um, giving them right now is actually Isaiah 49, 24 and 25. It says, can plunder be taken from warriors or captives be rescued from the fierce? But this is what the Lord says. Yes, captives will be taken from warriors and plunder retrieved from the fierce. I will contend with those who contend with you and your children I will save. This is the mission he's on right now. See, like I said earlier, excuse me. But like I said earlier, these scribes, they probably knew Isaiah because they, they memorized it. I mean, when I read on how these, these 
how they memorize scripture. I said, Lord, have mercy on me. <laughs> but, but God, who's given us his Holy Spirit to rest in us, to make sure that we can remember scripture and know scripture when it's spoken. But they couldn't catch it. They didn't catch it. So he's fulfilling this promise that was made years ago by the prophet of Isaiah that God himself will overcome the mighty one. I know you guys may thought that Satan wasn't mighty. Now, compared to God, uh, I, can't even, I can't even do this much or this much. He's nothing. Not a bing. Nothing. But when it comes to us, if God is not with us and for us, we will be defeated. And that's what was happening. Humanity was at a low point until God stepped in. And now he's saying, I didn't tied up the strong man, binded him up. I like that because it's, 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 it's just like warrior, warrior moves. Like, uh, like this is my God. I know we thought Jesus wasn't just like, a, 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 you know, really out there, but Jesus was out there. He said, I binds him up. See, this is not only big for them at the time, but for us today. I think Aaron said that. What are you struggling with? What are you struggling with? Because Jesus fulfilled this promise that was in Isaiah 49. What are you struggling with? Have we allowed Jesus to bind that up? That is good news. And Jesus is not stopping till it is finished. And we know on the cross he said that it is finished. And now we're walking through that. I know it don't feel like it's always finished, but he's outside of time, so on his, it's finished. For us, we're walking through the time. Be encouraged, saints. He binds it all up. 29, it says, truly I tell you, people can be forgiven all their sins and every slander they utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. They are guilty of an eternal sin. He said this because they were saying he has an unpure, unpure spirit. This was the one right here. This is, this is the one where I said, God, what you want to do with this? What do you want to do with this? Right? There is a sin that will never be forgiven? Man, God, I thought you, man, I, I, thought, I thought you forgive all sin, right? We finna get there a little bit. Let me not get ahead of myself, but I'm not going to lie, y'all. I was puzzled with this one a little bit. I sat on this one, right? See, this wasn't a warning against the family, right? Because he says that um, um, he said this because he has an impure spirit. This was a warning to the religious folks, not the family who may not knew who God was, even though it's kind of hard for me to understand because uh, when Jesus was born, he was born by a virgin and the Holy Spirit. And that 
was going across town like crazy probably, all on social media of that time, right? We know that the word travels far because the people in Jerusalem came down to where he was. So words travel, and all these crowds was gathering from many people, I mean, from many places. But how? But how can Jesus have an impure spirit? Here, Jesus starts with truly, I tell you, which signifies the significance of what he's just to say. Listen up. Pay attention. So what does it mean to blaspheme the Holy Spirit? Because he said that you can blaspheme him, but not the Holy Spirit. And we see here that I don't know if, if, if the text is saying that the religious folks blaspheme the Holy Spirit or was they close? Because as I read on it and studied, there was kind of two both ways. But I'll let y'all handle that because that's not really important. Or maybe it is. But one thing I do know is I had to think about what is the work of the Holy Spirit? How do he move? How do he function in the Godhead as God, the spirit of God, right? The role of the Holy Spirit is to do a few things. One of them do more than a few things, but I'm only going to name a few things, should we say. He is to reveal truth. He, not it. He is to reveal truth. It is how we are born again. Without the spirit, we cannot be born of God. Right? It is the power of God in work of those who believe also to bring us to sanctification, to bring us to our completion. So if we deny that, I guess we have eternal sin and the wages of sin is death so that's how I approach this to reject the truth which only the Holy Spirit can reveal that's what it means to blaspheme the Holy Spirit see but Matthew said that we also do this, uh, um, he said, in this world and the world to come. So that means that we can do it here on earth and later on too. See, I also kind of wonder, and this is not a thus said the Lord, but this is how I'm just letting you in my own thoughts, right? We know that, 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 that um, eternal damnation was actually made for the fallen angels. So part of that is for them too, I guess. Right. And if someone is in here asking a question, I wonder, did I blaspheme the Holy Spirit? If you're listening right now, if you're here. And you're questioning. I would say no, 
because the Holy Spirit is moving in your heart right now. I know sometimes we think that it's us that do these things, but it is God, his spirit at work. Verse 31. Jesus is getting ready to bring it here, bring it, bring it home here in verse 31 as he elaborates more when he says that those who do my will is part of my kingdom again. Right. And we know that without the spirit, we cannot do that. It's by obedience. If not by obedience, mean by the spirit, we will fall away. But 31 and through 35, it says, then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived standing outside. They sent someone in to call him and a crowd was sitting around and they told him, your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Who are my mother and brothers? He asked. Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. Whoever does. But Jesus, I thought it was by faith. Thought it was by faith. But true faith shows itself. What we see here is Mark going back to the family drama that it kind of started with in verse 20. Right? Now the family is arriving to the house. See, the scribes who thought that they were close to God end up being far off. To the point of probably committing the unforgivable sin, maybe. And to his family who may thought that they had an end, but only to find themselves on the outside. His family, because it says that they had to pass on word. Well, word was passed on to Jesus, probably from, from my mom to Chuck to, to, to all the way to the back. It was, it was a word that was going forward. Hey, your family's here. They're on the outside. Jesus here is teaching a radical change of customs. He is teaching a new way by prioritizing participation in the kingdom as his true family. Again, I started off with how the family of God has been just coming around the work of God. displaying this new way here through our body. Look to your right and say, our body. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, look to your neighbor and say, our body. My bad. And look to your neighbor on the other side and say, our body. Right? Together. Together. Right? Jesus is redefining what family looks like. How have you redefined your view of family? Is it our body? 
And I don't think he's just shunning his family away because we know on the cross, he told one of the, the disciples to, hey, you see my mom right there? That is now your mom. Look after her. But he's changing things upside down right now. Are you allowing the mind of Christ to lead you in your values when you look at your family? Or do you take on the ways of Beelzebub? Because there's only two. We throw the word culture around. Forget it. No. There's something, an underlining of culture. It's Beelzebub, Satan, who was the prince of the air, who's trying to shape us. He has given them a new identity. That is rooted not on earth, but a heavenly identity. And today he's doing the same thing. An identity that roots us in the kingdom of God that propels us to do the work of God. The mark of our faith is submission to the spirit that allows us to do God's will. Would you submit your life to Jesus? Who is Jesus? He is the one with authority who calls sin, sin, but also who gives free uh, um, forgiveness, a forgiveness that is not earned, but given by a merciful, gracious God, the God who said, let there be light, who took chaos and formed Beauty, the one who has power over the demonic forces, the forces that try to smash each and every one of us. See, James said, submit to God, and then the devil will flee. We're so busy trying to have the devil, devil flee without no submission to the God who tells it to go to the pig, tells it to shush your lips because it's not time for them to know who I am. This is who Jesus is. See, I was in prayer a couple weeks ago, and I heard the Lord and I know it's scary when you say, I heard the Lord. But in my faith, I heard the Lord. And what he said was, leave the cross and come to my throne. And I said, Lord, what is that? He said, we're stuck at the cross, but I'm not at the cross. He gives us a place where we can enter into his throne with boldness because of the cross. He said, leave the cross. Come to the throne where, where I am destroying things, where I am calling you to walk in the authority of God. As we started as an ambassador. As I was wrestling this week, trying to, I'm trying to get this message together for, for, for the kids, and then I'm trying to get this together, and then I'm like, oh, Lord, I guess this all comes together. 
but he calls us to be ambassadors. And if you don't believe me, here it is. It says, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view, though we once regarded Christ in this way. We do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if you are in Christ Jesus, if you believe in Christ Jesus, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So this is what we do from here. And then he said that God, that God, not us, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sin against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. God is at work through the spirit and we are at work with the message. Lord, but is there really power in the message? Man, Lord, sometimes I feel like my, my words fall on deaf ears. He told me years ago, that's not for you to do. John 15 says that I will produce the fruit. He said, just remain faithful and give the message. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. That's the message. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in time we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus, the one with all authority, said in Matthew 18, He said, I have been given all authority. Go ye therefore, go, go sending you as an ambassador for the kingdom, not an earthly kingdom, but a kingdom that has binded up the evil one. Maybe you find yourself like, Lord, but I feel like I'm the one being beat up. Same thing, go to the throne. And I know sometimes we think that Christianity is like a snap in the finger and things are well. In spite of how you feel, in spite of how, what you're going through, in spite of your sin, because Jesus has paid it all and you have barred it to Jesus and he has forgiven you for it, go. Church, God has called us to be the family. See, I was, I was taught by an old boss. She said, Lavelle, because sometimes I used to talk to her, and I said, yeah, uh, I'm trying to do this youth work. She said, stop it. She said, either you're doing it or you're not. 
And I just really didn't get that. And then one day it clicked. She said, no, you're doing the youth work. And I do believe that we are doing the Father's work. It may not be perfect. And y'all got me here, so I know it ain't perfect. I mean, uh, sorry, Christian. I kind of asked my wife the last minute to come up here and read the scripture. But he caught it, though. The family caught it. And I'm learning. I know I got to be in more order. But we are walking this out, church. But let us not get weary and let us not get puffed up, but let us continue to walk into the grace of God. Amen. Can we give the Lord a praise? You've been listening to sermon audio from Sunset Community Church. Sunset Community Church is located in Renton, Washington. For more information, visit our website at sunsetcommunity.church.